Our scripture reading today is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 through 17, and also chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. And our sermon today is entitled, All About Christ. This is the Lord's word. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross, cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What then is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. May the Lord bless us in the reading of this word. Good morning again. One more time, good morning. All right. Last week we saw Paul's heart for the church in Corinth. This is a church that has many issues and problems, both internally in their own hearts, but also corporately amongst the people as well. There's strife, there's dissension. There are people who are immature in the faith. And yet Paul is still able by his grace to address them as the sanctified, those called out by Jesus. Paul's trust in this church, it's not simply 
the maturity that he sees out there, but what he sees is Christ working in these people. And because of that, he has confidence. And because of that, he's able to love each and every one of these people according to God's commands for God's glory. And last week, we we learned that even we as a church, when we walk together, that we must view each other, not firstly as male or female, although that's important, not firstly as, I don't know, someone who works in the medical field or or someone who, who works in the education field. But we must view one another as people that God has called out, as people where the Spirit of God is dwelling. And our hope is not in sort of the flesh that we see in one another, the old, old man or the old person, but our hope is in the rejuvenated, regenerated person that the Spirit is doing in each and every one of us. There lies our hope. There lies our confidence. There lies our steadfastness. There lies our humor. There lies our lightness of spirit, knowing that God who began that good work in you will finish it. Here in this passage, we see Paul getting to sort of the first of many problems in this church. This church had an issue of leaders that they followed. There are some that said, I follow Paul. There are some that said, I follow Apollos. Others said, I follow Cephas, or, or Peter, perhaps that is. And people were sort of fighting over sort of who, whose disciples, in a sense, well, were more Christ-like, perhaps, or had things together, perhaps. And there were people who were loyal to, to Paul, perhaps, because Paul had baptized them. Paul had taught them the gospel. There were people who were, who, who were followers of Apollos because perhaps Apollos was the one who discipled them and, and, and grew with them. And Cephas, probably Peter, was probably other Jews who had moved into Corinth, who had grown to know the gospel in Jerusalem and had moved there as well. But all these factions had built up everywhere. And Paul was disappointed, heartbroken. For his retort is, is, is Christ divided? Were you baptized into my name? Am I the one who died for you? It is Christ and Christ alone that we worship. It is Christ and Christ alone that we serve. In our reform circles, there's a tendency for many of us to not follow Jesus, but to follow authors or heroes of the past. There's a tendency 
in our circles and perhaps not here as much, but to people to, to look at folks like Tim Keller, Piper, or even the old, the saints of old, people like Jonathan Edwards. And to look at them and say, we're followers of their theology. We're followers of these people and how they represent the gospel. And that's all good. But all of these people would say the same thing to you. You are not to follow me. You are to follow Christ. We're not here to simply look for leaders who we click with. But we're here to look for people who will always point us to Christ. There's this one story, I don't know if it's a true story or not, I, I tried to find it in the internet and in some books, and I, and I couldn't find it, but there's, this, there's a story of these, these two men who went to England, and their, 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 uh, uh, their intention was to simply find the greatest preacher in all of England. They wanted to find the greatest preacher in all of England. And so they went to church one Sunday, and they heard this preacher preach, and when they came out, they, they looked at each other and they said, surely this man is the greatest preacher of all of England. And the next week, they, they went to another church. And they came out of that church. And they said to one another, they said, surely Jesus is the greatest Savior that we've ever known. And they came out of that with, with, with that perspective that we're not here to simply look for great men or great women who could share the faith, but great men and great women who can tell us and point us to a God who loves us and to a Christ who is the King of our lives. But these people in Corinth, Paul calls them in, in chapter 3, calls them infants, calls them people of the flesh, calls them people who still need to drink milk. He calls people who are following the human way. One of the signs of immaturity of a church, immaturity, of a people are those who exalt leaders, gurus, and other Christian heroes to the point where we forget who Jesus is. We often absolutize some good things that they teach us of how to look at the world, and we think, this is the only way to look at Jesus and what he's done. And many of that just comes from our experiences. There are some of you, like me, you know, I, I've always enjoyed Tim Keller's preaching and his teachings. I always enjoy the way he, he sort of shapes the worldview of, that we should have of, 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 this, of this world. And it blesses me. But it's wrong of me to say, here, this, 
will solve your problems as well. Because he spoke to me, it should speak to you. Let me go around sort of sharing that this is the only way to look at the world. But instead of saying, listen, I've read this book, I've heard this sermon, I've heard heard these people preach, and it spoke to me because it spoke, it, it led me to Christ. And we share with each other our resources, but we are not allowed to say to one another, this is the only way for you to grow. This is the only way for you to experience God. For us, immaturity comes when we exalt leaders and other Christian heroes in an unhealthy manner. The result of that is simply jealousy and strife. Jealousy and strife. We are not here as CCPC to compete with other churches. We're not here as individuals trying to compete with one another. We are here as individuals humbly following our Lord. But once jealousy comes in between us, once battles of being theologically more correct or incorrect than others ensue, when we keep our eyes off of Christ and simply look at the leaders that we, and, and compare the leaders and the spiritualities that we have. Paul categorizes that as being Christians who are infants and Christians who are young. They're still following the human way. They can't be given a proper meal no solid food, but simply milk. We as a ministry need to grow in such a way that no matter who stands on this pulpit, no matter who we listen to or who we read, no matter what we see amongst us, that our goal is simply is Christ being magnified. That we rejoice with one another if someone meets Christ in a way that's very different from us. Some of you love reading books, praise God. Some of you meet Christ more in prayer, praise God. But whatever it may be, We don't pit ourselves against each other. But we rejoice with one another on what Christ is doing through all of us. What does God want for these people? Well, see, if you're infants, you can't eat solid food. If I try to teach six or seven-year-old kids 
algebra, I won't get anywhere. If I try to teach six and seven-year-old kids how to write a novel or an essay, it won't get anywhere. But also, I don't expect them to. But a church that is simply going through strife, we can't go anywhere. God can't use us. God can't grow us. And the milk that he's talking about and feeding us is simply what? It's for us to learn humility, for us to learn that Christ is king, for us to learn that everything points back to Christ and his finished work. That's how you know that you've matured in Jesus. And yet the beauty of this, of what Paul is saying, is that he says it with a tone, I, I believe here with a tone of rebuke, but also with a tone of love. That he wants all of us to look at our hearts and say, let's stop the strife, let's stop the dissension. And let's let Christ rule in our midst. Now, right now in our church, you just have me. <laughs> but again, as you listen to other people, as you listen to more sermons, as you start reading other books, just praise God for what he's doing and how he's growing you as well. Now, Paul goes on in chapter 3 especially um, to talk about how Christ is the owner of the church. And he talks about sort of how we should view the church as a whole and the leaders and the people who are there. In verse 5 he says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants from whom you believe as the Lord assigned to each. And Paul is saying that all of us are simply servants of God. God is the master that none of us have sort of rights to say that we are the are better worker or better servant than others. That all of us in humility are simply working in God's kingdom according to the gifts and according to his design for each and every one of us. Paul cannot be proud of, of his work neither Apollos in such a way that, that creates division, but each one humbly recognizes that we are serving God. And so it is with us in the body of Christ. Each one of us serves humbly, knowing that God is the master. And if he chooses to use us to plant seeds or to help people to grow, So be it. But God is the master of all things. 
In verse 6, he says, I planted Apollos water, but God gave, the, God gave the growth. We do not convert anybody. This is something that, that we humbly, humbly acknowledge as God's church. That there's no one here who converts anyone. There's no one here, in a sense, who actually helps that person or makes that person to grow. All we do is to proclaim the gospel, as Paul says he does, and to show love and to teach what is true, and to pray for one another. But only God gives the growth. Only God can change hearts. Only God gives the fruit. And so amongst all of us, there is no pride. There's no sense of, of I have the, the, the skills to do this. But there's just a humility that no matter how gifted I think I am or not, it doesn't matter. God gives the fruit. Praise be to our God. In verse 9, he, he talks about him and Apollos and, and everyone together. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. That Paul and, and Apollos and the other workers, that they're, they're not there to compete. But they're co-laborers together. We are one of many churches. We're not competing with other churches. We're not competing with one another. Our duty before the Lord is to work with other expressions of God's grace, other churches, other fellowships. For our goal is not the glory of this church, but for the glory of God. Every single pastor that you meet, every single Christian that you meet, rejoice when they say, I know the Lord. Rejoice in the work that they are doing. Rejoice in the co-workers that you have and in the churches that they attend. Pray for one another. We are not envious of any ministry. We are thankful for every ministry. We are thankful for every person that God has called. This is a sign of maturity. For a church that grows for the sake of our reputation, a church that is feels inadequate about how big we are or inadequate about our pastor or inadequate about ourselves is not a church that is mature to grow. A church that compares with other churches 
is a church that's already been divided because it's dividing Christ and his kingdom. Saying that we follow CCPC, you follow such a church, such we, need, we cannot do that. We need to follow God's plan and God's glory for this church and to allow this church to have its own unique voice in proclaiming the word of God. Lastly, we all belong to God. All of us who are the universal church are God's people. We know that when the Lord returns, we will finally see the church as it is. Don't you wish, to be honest, I wish I could see what the real church looks like right now. I really do. I really do wish that there were like marks on us. You know? Or as I jokingly like to say, it's like, why, why doesn't God just let the sunshine shine on, the, on the, those who are believers? You know, when we walk around, you see lights coming down. You know, little spotlights. So everyone knows. Everyone knows. But we don't. But we know that God's people are everywhere. And that God's blessings work through all of these churches and all of these people who are out there laboring for God. We, as Christ's covenant Presbyterian church, need to take such a mature view of things. No more strife. No more having a big head about who we are or feeling small about who we are. No more embarrassment of, of, of the people who we go to church with. I'm not embarrassed about you guys, believe it. But a satisfaction of knowing that Jesus is king here. And Jesus rules here. It is to him belongs all glory and honor. May the Lord bless our church. May the Lord give us humility. May the Lord wean us off of milk and give us solid food. May the Lord allow us to take our eyes off of ourselves and place our eyes upon him. May the Lord allow us in the midst of whatever circumstances our lives may give us to see that he is in control, that he is our God. May the Lord who gives us this hope allow us to give us the same hope to others. Let's pray. Lord, your kingdom is yours. This church is yours. And Lord, we have seen, Lord God, that when there is strife, when people compare leaders, compare churches, 
compare ways of experiencing the love of Christ, when we become judgmental, that we are actually, Lord, living on milk. That we're actually going backwards as a church and not forwards. That we're actually simply complaining when we compare and contrast. And Lord, we, we can't show grace. We can't show love in that. Help us, Lord, as a church to enjoy what you've given us, the gifts. But to see that these gifts' purpose is to magnify you and your name alone. Lord, it's pride in us, Lord, that makes us think too highly of this church or too lowly of this church. But it's having our eyes and our affection set upon you that makes us think, think rightly about this church, that gives us joy in this church, and that gives us joy in one another. And so, Lord, humble us. May our knees only bow down to you. And may we be able to share this love with one another and, and to everyone, O oh Lord God. Lord, help us to work. Help us to be the one who's planting seeds. Help us to be the one who's helping other people uh, the, the, the path to growth. And we ask of you, Lord, be gracious to your kingdom, your reputation, jealous for it and give fruit in keeping with your truth and your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.